Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you all have a fantastic day out there today. So we're out here on Tasty Tuesday. All about getting those munchies in, right? Nutrition, food, and really what we can do about it, right? So how we can combine, hey, let's make some great tasty food. Let's look at the nutrients of food. Let's be mindful about our eating, but also be practical and have some fun with it too. I used to joke uh, way back from that old Avengers movie. I think it was like 2012, 2013, right, right about that. I think 2012. They're in New York City, and Dr. Banner, the Hulk, uh, they ask him, you know, how, how can you get angry so quick? How can you just turn on so quick? And he looks back at them. He says, I'm always angry. Well, I used to joke and say that I'm always hungry. Although I'm not entirely joking either. Always got that stomach roaring. Always got to fuel the fire up, right? Put more kindling, put more logs in there. Uh, get ready to have that flame go nice and strong. So today, while we're out talking about appetite, we're going to be talking about meat and meat nutrition. And more importantly, does it matter? Does it make a difference how you cook your meat? Now, ultimately, we're going to boil this down to, and maybe not boil, but we're going to bring this down to kind of, obviously, it's going to be about, hey, what do you enjoy most? What do you, is more flavorful for you? What are you going to make the best out of other dishes? And then obviously not just eat meat alone, but complement it with some other really good healthy food too. Um, but then there are factors to consider as we do look at these different types of cooking. Um, so, number one, why should we cook meat? Um, you know, it's important for getting rid of harmful bacteria. You don't want to die. You don't want to get, we talk about cooking eggs for, uh, even though it's eggs isn't uh, meat, but still raw protein. Salmonella, don't want that stuff. It's gnarly. Uh, I've never had it, thankfully, because I don't eat raw eggs. But of course, my uh, uncle back from the day, back in the day, great, uh, great uncle actually. He talk about just kind of uh, blending up, whipping up like a couple raw eggs and just chugging them down, because uh, well, that's what all the badass wrestlers did back in the day. But now we know that that's actually even less efficient for protein digestion. So no point in doing that whatsoever. Unless you just want to do it to look tough and potentially get sick. But anyways, what are each of these kind of cooking methods and, you know, what were the implications of them? So we'll talk about some dry heat first. So instead of having uh, the juices boil up, kind of using dry heat. And so that's for both kind of roasting um, the meats up and for baking them, especially the kind of baking them in an oven. And when we're doing that is typically the juice um, from the meat as it comes off drips down into a separate container. Um, and so again, with the juice leaving out, or if you want to glorify and kind of you know call it blood for what it is for some of it, um, as that kind of drips out over time, is we lose nutrients and vitamins, that way B vitamins in that area. Um, but while losing them, um, it does, for B vitamins, kind of the water-soluble. It really doesn't lose too much vitamin C and some other things. However, 
let's be real, if we're looking at our meat for these small little nutrients like vitamin B and vitamin C, if you're not getting enough vitamin B and vitamin C and other aspects of food in your diet, well, you're missing out big time. Um, a lot of it comes down to protein absorption for the meat, but also a lot of these kind of fat-soluble um, vitamins and nutrients, um, you know, in red meat, getting the carnitine in there. Um, so there are a lot of kind of essential things for meat that we want to consider. Now, again, if you've got something you, that you reuse the meat juice for, and hey, that's perfect. For me, I'm a huge fan of kind of reusing it and actually like immediately cooking up like some rice in there or something like that and just adding some really great rich um, flavor in there. And you know, that way it's, it gets a nice flavor. It can use part of the fat in there. Um, man, that's some tasty stuff. Now, after that, we've got kind of the good old classic outdoor grilling. And with grilling, uh, then both from grilling where he kind of got, you know, typical grill where the heat comes up from the bottom, uh, then you got broiling where usually there's a source of heat from above coming down on it. So different techniques there, very high temperatures. And with the high temperatures, again, you kind of sear it. You get that, for me, I, I freaking love a fit labor. Having some nice grilled meat, um, especially some like grilled barbecue chicken is good, but even better than grilled, to be honest. I like a nice kind of rotisserie, like a slow cook, so the meat's just nice and tender. Um, so that's more of my style. But anyways, um, see, I get into issues where I just like start talking like, damn, I'm getting hungry. But what happens is when the fat drips off the meat and kind of goes down into the bottom part of the grill or the pit that you're using, and different fat kind of when it's isolated outside of just the meat source, what happens is all fats have a smoke point and a certain smoke point for a temperature where they actually can turn cancerous um, or I should say kind of detrimental or the potential to um, cause cancer they turn into more of a carcinogen uh, where their free radical structure changes their chemical compound structure changes and they become um, a little more unstable in that air in that and kind of less appealing because of that and so i'll admit i did look this up um because i don't remember necessarily the name of this um but what happens is when these fats boil come back up other than the kind of the higher smoke point versions get entrapped in the meat again as they come up the name for these are pahs polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and like this is me like very very vaguely like back from my organic chemistry days like okay remembering like what an aromatic ring looks like um and polycyclically trying to put that name together it's like okay mul multiple like kind of cyclical chains some multiple like aromatic um carbon chains for the hydrocarbons um ultimately does it even mean anything too much to me not necessarily but it's like okay i can kind of picture the the chemical structure involved with this. Um, does that mean I automatically know how it interacts with all the other chemical structures in meat and how it can be potentially detrimental? No, I don't. So it probably doesn't get me anywhere. Another issue that comes up again with these the same type of process of having a very high smoke point for it for these fats to come off is a called AGE. And again, I looked this up as well, but they're advanced 
glycation end products. Advanced glycation end products. And these basically kind of build up, and again, they have huge risks for a different pathology in the body that we want to actually, um, you know, decrease over time. And so part of um, what can be beneficial for cooking time, what it, if cooking will actually boil down to overall, is the less you cook it, so the less time it's exposed to, and the lower overall temperature it's exposed to is the best part. So again, it's not just about scorching your meat and well done might not always be the answer, right? Because sometimes well done, let's be real, is a spectrum, and sometimes well done is way overdone for some places. And so it might actually be healthier for a lot of places to have it medium well, where that meat kind of continues to cook just a little bit after you take it out from the heat of itself, versus well done all the way, and kind of overcooked and overgrilled for that. Um, but hey, we all, there are, are all kind of benefits and curses, blessings. Um, and curses for all these different things. What I'm just trying to do is say, hey, you know what you enjoy. Here are the benefits, the lack of benefits. Um, and, you know, that's what we got. So on that continued topic, you know, if we go to, like, for eggs or even, like, some chicken sometimes or something or duck, you go to poaching. Okay, sweet. Poaching or simmering, you know, that's at a much lower temperature. And because it's at a lower temperature, obviously it takes longer to heat into the protein, takes longer to cook, which is awesome. You don't get these byproducts as much. What is challenging for it is that, hey, we're losing, you've got water, it's water-based, so you're losing a lot of the nutrients. If you're not reusing that liquid somehow, well, you're losing all the good nutrition from there. And again, I kind of take like this nice um, Native American um, style of things where it's like, hey, we're supposed to kind of use use everything from the animal, right? Use all parts of it. Um, and am I saying that I, you know, every time, like, I, I'll take all the leftover bones and cook them up into a stew or, like, a chicken broth or something like that? No, I don't always do that. Um, but again, I think that, hey, if we're going to have something, you know, the health of the animal is ultimately the health of the animal that you're eating. And if you're having a certain steak that's crazy, crazy fatty, and you're just doing it to kind of, you know, enjoy that fat a lot, but cut out um, a lot of the fat, well, I don't know that you're getting kind of as much benefit. And I'm not, what I'm not saying is go eat all the fat. What I am saying is that, hey, if the animal is crazy, crazy fatty, I don't know what the best quality, if that's like the ultimate best quality of the meat anyway. And now again, there are certain parts of the animal that you get that, hey, there are certain cuts that are just, they're fatty, right? And that is totally what they are. Um, but I think it's also an indication of health and quality of the food that you're eating too, so we have to consider that. Like for me, for chicken, chicken doesn't have that much fat on it, especially if it's not cooked, adding extra fat to it. So I'm a fan of, hey, let's actually kind of use the fat, let's um, continue to keep it in there, not add extra fat to it. But again, cook up some rice with it or something, or you know, utilize it, and don't just shun it as an automatic bad thing. Now, of course, this is in context with the rest of your overall diet that's hopefully um, healthy and, you know, I'm going to use the word plant-based. And plant-based for me doesn't necessarily mean animal-free or no uh, no animal products. It just means literally plant-based. Like, plants are the priority of it. Then after that, the protein and the meat is there to complement it. And that's how I kind of 
uh, live with that I don't have a ton of meat um, you know I'll probably have red meat like once every two weeks um, I'll have, I will have chicken like three times a week or something like that uh, then I do have a lot of eggs um, I definitely yeah I have like around 75 eggs a week um, so yeah a lot of eggs compared to um, compared to the average person um, but ton, tons of plant-based products in there too for sure for myself so again it's all about the bigger context for what you do Alright, we're adding a little something to the mix. And by a little something, I mean everything. So we're talking stir-frying. And so for stir-frying, you know, um, as meat and as protein are fried up and as they're kind of over-fried sometimes, we see that they produce and are capable of producing um, these structures called HAs, or heterocyclic amines. And these are, again, carcinogenic as well. And this is when meat reaches really, really high temperatures, and um, that increases more. But here's the cool thing with stir fry, is that, hey, if you mix it with some fruits and veggies and herbs, and kind of very high antioxidants, actually even within the cooking, within the mixture and the result mixture of that, is, hey, it decreases by about 90%. So if you're like me, and you wanna do a little bit of meat-based, like uh, pasta sauce variety, and, you know, I'll cook up the meat first, um, get all that up cooked up, and again, do it on this, say, a medium to low heat, so it takes a little bit of time, but then I throw all my veggies in there, stuff that's high in vitamin C, stuff that's high in other antioxidants, put my kind of mixed marinara sauce in there, stir it up, add some kind of, once it's done, once it's in the process of cooling, add some fresh herbs in there, so they don't get as broken down by the heat, at least to the same degree. It's some good stuff, man. Now, it kind of goes without saying, deep frying, I'm just going to leave it at no bueno. No bueno. When in doubt, don't do it. No bueno, not worth it. Um, yeah, man, just totally don't. There is no benefit to it whatsoever. Um, yeah, it's awful for you. So, when we go to pressure cooking or slow cooking, Friggin' awesome, but again, it's all about the lack of the kind of liquid preservation. So if you've got other things that you're gonna have it with, or you know, you've got some good potatoes in there you're slow cooking it with where they have food that they really absorb that liquid well, or a bunch of like root vegetables and a beef stew. Oh man, love that stuff. So again, don't shy away from getting all those good nutrients in there. Alright, y'all. So breaking it down, if you're going for pure health. The best ways are kind of slow cooking it, pressure cooking, nice little gentle easy simmer, uh, then reusing um, the liquid again. Now, all these different ways of cooking have a spectrum, right? Some have blessings, some have curses, um, and ultimately it's all about how you enjoy your food. So the pure healthiest isn't always about how we make our food decisions, right? There's a lot of good culture in our food decisions, and there's a lot of really... Um, kind of important taste and food experiences that we want to have with it. So my big message is, hey, take the food experiences you want to have, take those, make it happen. Then what do you have to do? Well, then just try and leverage nutrition through that. Sometimes does that eventually mean letting go of old habits? Potentially, but not always. So again, eat to enjoy, eat to fuel yourself. And then within that, just leverage your nutrition a little bit within that every single day. 
Alright, y'all. Chow down. Bulk up. Whatever it is, whatever your goals are, just have fun out there and enjoy. Simply. Not easy.